1: Most of us have been playing the old Zelda, the old Skyward Sword, the old Skyward Sword HD on Switch, which is your first uh, old school traditional Zelda. Now I should probably say that I'm Scott Taylor joined by Josh Brown.
2: Hello, Scott Selvin. You don't need to do that anymore. I like people just guessing who we are and what this is.
1: <laughs> Maybe on, like one of these weeks, we'll just ramble for an entire podcast and uh, leave some <laughs> Twitter handles behind, and they can just get in touch if they if they care. If they got any questions? They want to know what's going on. But um, yeah, so like for me, I mean, Skyward Sword is or has long been the most hated Zelda. Like a lot of people, uh, well, not necessarily a lot of people, but some people bounce off Majora's Mask because it's like this weird sort of. Um, like hack together version of Ocarina. It was like the first time they'd done like a sequel um, to a mainline Zelda. And then, but for the most part, if you're going to talk to like average Zelda fans about which Zelda didn't click, it's Skyward Sword. And that tends to be because of the motion controls. It tends to be because of the way that that game has constant tutorialization. The original version um, always has the character of Fee popping up, telling you what to do, where to go and all that kind of thing. And it's just, they made a lot of different tweaks for the re-release on Switch. And so this is your first proper mainline Zelda. It's my ninth or whatever i don't know how many i don't know how many there are in total quite a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, but it's been yeah i feel like i've played all of them apart from oracle of seasons and oracle of ages which are the two um game boy ones um that they did like back in the day after link's awakening i think um but how are you sort of finding it we're going to break down the different parts of it because i think this is a market improvement on the 2011 one um and i think even with the way we were talking before we started recording i'm gravitating to the parts that i think you found a bit boring and i'm kind of right. going like oh god this is old school zelda in a way that you're going this is pretty brilliant because like I've not (laughs) done this stuff before
2: totally man like you know it was really interesting going into it because like you say I've only really played breath of the wild played Mm. you know a little bit of ocarina of time on my cousin's um n64 or whatever (laughs) that came out on I can't remember that was a long time ago (laughs) yeah that was (laughs) just annoyed everyone with that comment I'm so sorry (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so obviously, you know, I've been wanting to get into one of these quote-unquote traditional Zeldas for a long time. Mm. And this is the first one that's kind of really popped up that's been accessible outside of having to go and buy an old console, track down old cartridges or whatever. So I've jumped on it and to be honest really enjoying it i wasn't sure if i was going to after the first few hours like you said there's so much prologue and so much tutorializing to be done in this game specifically you know when you're up in skyloft you're just kind of getting to grips with everything Mm -hmm. and for a lot of that it took me about two hours to get out of that area uh, because i was just like like i said getting to grips with everything trying to familiarize myself with the locations who these people are what i'm doing Mm -hmm. and during that stint i was kind of like ooh. I'm not sure, having no nostalgia for this, whether or not I'm going to stick it out. 20 hours later, almost, uh, that's not even an issue anymore. Like, I can't even remember those first two hours because everything else after that has been so engaging, so compelling, and so fun that, you know, I kind of, like, had my come to Jesus moment or whatever on this (laughs) entire franchise. (laughs) If Breath of the Wild... Yeah, come to Zelda. If Breath of the Wild hadn't done it already, this is kind of proof that, oh, I have been missing out and I can't wait to try... Everything else
1: that's come So one thing that I want, I want to ask you because you yeah going from Breath of the Wild into an old school traditional Zelda for me it's like a it's like a welcoming it's a comfort blanket it's sort of oh god I remember how much old school what those old old Zeldas feel the way the item pop ups work the way he always like holds whatever the item appears in mid air like you got a thing and like the way they open <laughs> the the chests all slow motion the build the music everything else. Um, it has this, like I said, it's this warm comfort blanket, and I adored that opening bit, because, I mean, Zelda formula, formulaic Zelda is there's always the opening area that you spend X amount of time in, um, which in the old school ones, it was in the 2D ones, it was just like a house, you could run around the house for a bit, you hear the call, Zelda's in trouble, run off, and there's the adventure, and it took like... Two seconds or something, but that over time became this thing where it was like we're going to bulk out this whole space that you can hang out in and talk to all these different characters. Ocarina had it. Twilight Princess had a one that went on for what felt like an entire afternoon. It was just like, for the <laughs> love of God, is there an actual game in here? Um, and Wind Waker had like a nice little island, and then in this one, um, because it is set in the sky, like it's this whole like old school because it's the prequel, which is like it was a massive deal in 2011. But there's another thing I want to talk to you about is like how much do you care about any of the stuff that they're bringing in? Because for me, they're answering stuff that um has been built up for like 20 odd years of Zelda like you know going like oh this is the origin of like the symbol from Ocarina of Time it's actually because the old school Hylians used to worship these birds and they had this like Thing with these loft wing birds, and I'm going like, oh my god, that's the coolest thing in the world. You've explained the symbol. Oh my god. And um, whereas I imagine for you, it's like, well, you take it a bit long, and like we're sort of we're two hours in, and like, am like, I gonna get a green tunic? Like, what the hell's actually going on? But um, for me th- to bring it around to that, like that sort of opening space, um, I loved all that stuff because I just I love the fact you get to see Zelda's parents was a massive deal. And um, but again, that'd only really be a massive deal to me. Um, yeah. and so things like <laughs> things like that, where I was like, I could spend forever here going like. oh, how much other stuff have you, like, seeded that is in? Because they... Even the idea of them saying in the opening monologue that the idea of the uh, the ancient princess or the ancient uh, this is a tale passed down from time is like a nod to the the fan theory that every single Zelda is just a is just a um, campfire story told around a different metaphysical campfire. It's just sort of you yeah. know sometimes it's more cartoony, it's more childlike because a child is telling that story or whatever. And um, I loved all that stuff, but in terms of the opening, I guess the pacing of it. Um, have you have you found that like once it kicked in, you just forgot about that opening stuff because like I think it's. It's maybe geared towards that way if you're coming in fresh.
2: Yeah, totally. You know, more or less, like, I think the opening's like, good. I don't think it's bad. Just, you mm. know, for me, I was kind of, like, just wanting to be let loose a little bit. And I know that they've made the tutorials and stuff better in this re-release than they were in the original Wii version. But even then, I was just kind of, like, itching for some exploration, some kind of, like, combat, something mm. else. And while I was appreciating all of the lore and the stories and the characters that I was getting to meet, like, I think the characters in it are so strong, and I love being around them. Yeah, it was just a kind of, like, pacing issue where I was just eager to get out. Mm. But... I've since been eager to get back because, you know, after every dungeon, after every area, you're encouraged to return to the sky and explore, do side quests, talk to people, you know, Mm. use your new abilities to, um, you know, engage with puzzles that you couldn't originally. So even in that opening area, I was kind of like, ah, you know, points of interest that i'm i was excited to return to later on and having since returned to them they've paid off in a really um interesting way but yeah it's it was, it was fascinating going into it you know as this kind of like zelda fan who hasn't played many of the games knows broadly about the law but you mm. know the specific symbols like i recognized them but had no ties to them didn't really know what they meant so when i <laughs> was getting explanations for them and stuff i was just like that's neat but mm-hmm. they obviously you know i didn't feel them as you know payoffs to decades worth of questions and mystery and setup and stuff. but it was yeah, still yeah. you know presented in an engaging way. and hopefully, now when I go back to the other games, will you know make me appreciate what's in there with mm-hmm. an added perspective as well well i
1: think it, yeah it, it works both ways it was like in in Breath of the wild like they brought the uh, the temple of time is like right next to where you come out of the cave which is from ocarina of time they have like yeah. the the lon lon ranch or whatever it's like things that like y- if you play the old one afterwards you'll still go like oh my god that's that thing that i saw from xyz place. like they still kind of to try and knit it all together um because that was the thing going back to like this came out in 2011 and like that was the year that they brought out the hyrule historia which is like their attempt to go like don't worry guys everything is connected this is this is the lore of like legend of Zelda Um, and they did their best but like there was no real way to like fully explain how there is a cartoon Link next to uh, Twilight Princess's more adult Link or whatever Um, and then in Breath of the Wild it all just got shattered anyway because in Breath of the Wild there's like islands named after characters so it's like oh is that way further in the future why does Link look completely different um, one thing we should talk about though is um, in old school Zelda, in every single Zelda other than Breath of the Wild, you are waiting to access somewhere because you don't have an item like you just said, you're sort of like encouraged in Skyward to go back into Skyloft and then like go to some place with like a coiled up vine that now you can hit with a slingshot and create a um, like a swing rope or whatever um, what do you think of that approach to game design? Does that feel more rigid and formulaic? Like did you, because when it happened in Breath of the Wild it was like, oh my god you guys inverted it, you gave us all the abilities in the first five minutes and then it's just on you to figure out how to use them and I love the Breath of the Wild approach to puzzles but going the other way around does it feel retroactively fresh going down the here's a dungeon puzzle here's like all these sort of things yeah, like, like, yes and no, you're like, I
2: really enjoy both approaches. But, you know, I've always been a sucker for that kind of, you know, Metroidvania-style game design mm. where you have, like, certain areas and you get more abilities, then you go back and you uncover new paths, you do different things. Like, I've been a sucker for that my entire life. So doing it here, <laughs> Get like, on Metroidvania,
1: for the love of nah,
2: God. I, what? Metroidvania? That's just... You I might don't as well call it Arkham Asylum-style at this stage.
1: A <laughs> 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 okay, my... game.
2: That's my generations, isn't it? That's that's what we're going to start referring it yeah. as. I um, love yeah. when
1: Shadow Complex pioneered this. Thing. <laughs> like, it's a great Metroidvania, but it's not the original. What is it?
2: Metroidvania is is a genre to me, and not a franchise. Well, oh. two franchises, but I'm After afraid. After you ate a
1: Kit Kat backwards, this is the worst <laughs> thing you've said.
2: Like <laughs> right, complete tangent. People who eat Kit Kats, how do you eat them? Do you peel them off like one by one and eat them? You know, individual fingers, or do you just. Eat it like a grown-up, take the foil off, and just chomp straight into
1: both of them. Like, no, no, that's no. how
2: you're supposed to scran it.
1: No, it's not. Age has got nothing to do with it. No that, that no one is sitting around of a certain advanced age going like, well, I've hit the age where I eat it the wrong way then. I just eat it <laughs> downwards. No, you get it in the foil, you, you run your thumb down it to, like, split down the foil, and then you snap it, and then you eat both halves. No, that's a great you
2: question. Come on twitter uh, yes. this is just the Kit Kat podcast now i need to ask you about it because i was thinking about it you know when you get like a four you know a Kit Kat that is four fingers yes how do you eat those still individually because for me i split it in half eat
1: two versions of two like oh my in, god in full like that that's how i eat the that's how i eat the four so i eat the two in tubes mm. you're you're taking like the length ways and then you go downwards you eat it like down yes. the length which is just, i just i can't i mean i if you're starving Ooh. i get it but that's that's it. You... i'm always starving mate. i'm always hungry so i just <laughs> i want to just slam it in my mouth as quick as possible i can't believe you had a four you had like it's encouraging you to split them it's like here's more splits and you've got no I'll yeah. split that into two chomps why don't I you just eat all four the... of it in one go nah that's perverted see that's just <laughs> <down
2: too far. laughs>
0: that's, that's insane that's,
2: that is insane you just split it into two or maybe if you're feeling generous then you split it into four individual ones anyway yeah. what we talking about we were talking, about. We were talking about
1: the old cheeky puzzles and old school zelda approaches to said puzzles
2: Yes, I am. Um, I was, you know, talking to you before we started filming, and in the uh, the thing I love about this elder and I imagine all the previous Elders, is that I'm not a very smart man, Scott Tailford. I'm not. That is an absolute lie. But carry on. I'm not that smart in real life. I'm very kind of like um, puzzled
1: by common sense <laughs> things.
2: Uh, but... you're,
1: you're saying this right, but you're about to say that you beat a puzzle that I had to Google. So it's not. It's going to go the other way anyway.
2: Maybe, maybe just one set for one huge flex <laughs> and one humble brag. But no, but uh, Skyward Sword and Zelda in general makes me feel like the smartest person in the room when I when I pull off these, um you know, answers to these puzzles because they're all kind of, I like that they're all based around, you know, for the most part, common sense and, like, experimentation. And it's, like, things that other games wouldn't allow you to do mm. if you try it in, well, the few Zeldas that I've played. It, it always rewards you for doing yeah. that. It always rewards you for engaging it in a kind of, like, you know smart and straightforward way for the most part i would Mm -hmm. say sometimes like you know it's kind of like purposefully straightforward because you're thinking with your gamer brain you know so many times you go into a title that is based around puzzles and you've got your gamer brain on you're not really thinking about how would i act in this world it's like what do the developers want me to do like what have i learned in previous games that will inform what i'm supposed to do here but i like how kind of just not simple, Zelda is, but it's just like I said, straightforward. It's like, okay, we've given you the tools; well, you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. if You experiment with it, you'll get the end result. And I love that, and I love that it's been rewarding me for that all the way through.
1: Yeah, yeah. They've always, I've always thought of it as like Zelda logic. Like I just thought, I think the yeah. oldest old school ones do it like they're more complex. But I've not got through much of Sky. I'm only three hours in for Skyward, so I should have said should have said that at the beginning. Um, but the old school two D ones like link to the past. Like there's a whole. Um, like my favourite like dungeon in Zelda history or whatever is this one in Link to the Past where it's this switch that you can hit on a variety of different floors um, that inverts different pathways on those different floors so you're sort of like go into one, um, you know, uh, level one layer of this whole massive dungeon, flicking the switch realizing that that puts you in a different path when you re-emerge on the like the layer you just came from, and then that lets you hit another switch which then lets you flick, like it's just, it just all kind of uh, affects like each other level, and it's just like at one point you end up falling through a hole on the top layer that lets you fall all the way back down to the bottom, so you can flick the final switch and invert everything which lets you get to the end, and it's just this like, it's just this like mind F of a style dungeon puzzle, <laughs> and I think that stuff is like incredible, um, but like you said, it's like they do that subtle like something like semi-subtle thing of like making you realize like, oh i just i just figured that out like i didn't like i'm the adventurer i just figured that out and i think that's something that they sort of like crystallize in breath of the wild because it's like well you have all the sheikah slate things at the beginning and um, but it's on you to like figure out how to apply them and then all, all those little um like miniature puzzles that we have there's like a hundred odd little mini dungeons in breath of the wild so it's like oh, i'm gonna pick up this object and then use it to float over to the edge of the room and that's how <laughs> i figured that thing out and i think that's like an evolution of that stuff but the puzzle that you said, or that I sort of like hinted at, is the one, and it's, I guess it's a puzzle spoiler. It's only, like a, it's only one puzzle in the game, um, but it is the one with the eye at the very beginning when you're in the, um, the Fallen Woods where um, you get told from feed that like, oh, this eye, this sentry eye responds to smart objects. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll spin and like make it dizzy. So I was like spinning on the spot to like freak it out. And its eye tries to follow you and it looks like that's gonna happen. So I was spinning for ages. Then, then Link would get tired. The stamina would run out. He would pant for a while. I would spin some more and nothing would happen. So I was like, <laughs> I hate when you go down that wrong route in a puzzle. But I was like, after a while, yeah. I was like, this clearly isn't the right thing to do. And, uh, and it's very hot in the UK right now. So I just sort of like was sat there at 1 a.m. <laughs> ace ventura in the rhino just going like i can't i can't, I can't do this <laughs> so i googled it and then the solution was just move the analog stick without yeah. targeting to just make it so that like um <clears throat> you can like move the stick move the sword around and that makes it dizzy but you did figure that out like that sort of like process of elimination style thing um totally. whatever yeah. mindset it put you and you managed to get that and you got the puzzle before that where you shoot the crystal to get in, in, inside the temple as well
2: yes but, but the eye thing you know i'm not gonna pretend like i got it first go i was stuck <laughs> in that for a little while i was Trying a bunch whole of different things. Map
1: trying to find like a statue. Oh, look where the statue looks. Look where the bird looks northwards or something, it says. And I was like, oh, there must be like a, another statue of a Loftwing that I've missed. <laughs> so I was way back around the map searching left, right, and right in front of me. It was right in front of me the whole time.
2: That, that crystal one, I just like you, you mentioned it to me this morning. I was like, <laughs> what What puzzle? What crystal puzzle? That I did nothing even, to me. Uh, realized yeah nothing to me another flex (laughs) but yeah like the i one like i was stuck in it for a while but then obviously you know like you i I mean you were so close there like you were on the right wavelength i got it through like look eventually when i was kind of like you know i saw it like moving around and i was kind of moving it a little bit faster i was like huh what if and then that what if turned out to be the solution and and i love it when the what if becomes exactly what you were supposed to be (laughs) doing but yeah i've been like stuck a few times and Mm -hmm. i always like you said and go to fee because you can ask uh, them for help and you can give them a little they give you a little hint about what you're supposed to do sometimes mm-hmm. it's more clear than other times but i like that you know even if i'm getting stuck even if i do need this help which i mm-hmm. absolutely do it nudges me just enough that i still feel like i'm getting a reward from figuring it out like if it just gives me one bit of information like in an, an escape room, I suppose, you know what I mean? Like you're getting kind of like helped along that you're getting a bit of information to ultimately allow you to solve the puzzle. And even though I've had this helper, even though I've not done it entirely on my own volition, mm-hmm. it still feels good and it still feels rewarding and it encourages me to experiment. And then if I do, you know, completely run out, then resort to asking for help and hopefully get the solution that way. Though there have been one or two times where I have also had to go to a guide because I've just been <laughs> similar to you sweating my absolute boom off and Yuck. just being like I can't, I, can't, I can't do this I can't literally, do this for the 20
1: minutes literally swimming that's the thing I mean I, I have like a, uh, I bounce off a lot of puzzles it depends what the game is if I know what I'm signing up for and obviously in Zelda's case it is puzzles but it's like something like The Witness if I'm going into The Witness then I'm signing up for some cerebral intense thing that I'm going to have to put up with a lot of figuring this stuff out and that's fine and Zelda has like Zelda is obviously like a, a puzzle based adventure game so there's like I I, I knew that was coming um, but at the same time like you know it's been a long time since I played a more traditional Zelda I mean like Link Link Between Worlds was the was twenty thirteen. Um I don't think I've been to one been back to one since I guess I've I replayed a bit of Ocarina, but and um, whatever like it's been a while since i've had to go back to that and engage that part of your brain and at the same time I, it's so easy now because like the solution is just a few you know mobile phone taps away to be like <laughs> get me out of this purgatory that lets me continue with the game and because of where i am at the beginning of the story i just want to like i want to get into the main dungeon puzzle because that thing with the um the sentry and the crystal outside is just like it, you're not even in the main dungeon yet so i'm like i, I want like the meat of it um, I think it was just a combination of just like the, the way that like the, the temperature is right now in the UK, plus the reality of it being like one in the morning. And I was just kind of like, oh, let me get through this thing. But I'm curious what the rest of the, um, the dungeon puzzles and stuff uh, feel like.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. And um, we should talk about Link. And um, what do you think of
1: uh, Link's design? And um, like, because obviously they upended it so much in Breath of the Wild, gave him the blue tunic, kind of changed the look of him. And um, what do you think of the? Because when I got the green tunic again with the underarm, he's got like chainmail and then the green tunic on top, and I was like, this yeah. is the most badass look he's ever had. Which I remember thinking that back in the day, but it was always tied to this like you know negatively received game, so I never got too into it but um i like i love like green tunic link i always hate when i have to switch it for the blue or the red the red one across like a given story but yeah what do you think of like link's general i guess everything to do with link big fan of the green tunic mm. in general i think link in
2: this game looks a bit creepy he scares me <laughs> a little bit every time we I get think a close Zelda up, looks really creepy he, they, they all kind of freak me out but yeah. link especially man like i think it's something about like his little hood his hood's got like he looks you remember noddy like do you remember noddy day? Yeah, he reminds me of like the villains from Noddy, or like the Green Goblin, Um, and it's not like the worst thing in the world, it's quite quite (laughs) fun in a way, quite charming in a way, but for the first five hours or so, I had to kind of wrestle with myself because I was thinking, "Who is this man, and why do I not trust him? Why do I not trust him to do you know what? the right thing?"
1: Noddy is—I've never really thought about that, but Noddy is maybe the most aesthetically adjacent comparison you could make to like Skyward Sword, if not like most of Zelda. Yeah, and I used to think Noddy was terrifying when I was a kid, so like Same. it's not like yeah, yeah. It was just like this. Sort of, I mean, clowns— whoever planted the seed that clowns are charming—was clearly a psychopath in the first place, noshing the Kit Kats <laughs> in the wrong direction. Left Right, instead, there, but um, yeah, I mean, for me, like, like I said, the uh, the green tunic looks awesome. I love the under armor style thing, and I love the the stuff with them. Um, we should transition it to combat as well because, um, obviously, this game has a massively unique combat model that they didn't stick with going forward, it was kind of just made for the motion controls, and um, which you can do in this. Um, but I like the whole thing of you know, you hold the sword up, you can imbue it with like the skyward energy or whatever, and then you get to do like a beam shot, which you can do in Breath of the Wild too. Um, but that whole approach to combat being motion controls or like specific directional swipes, which they've redesigned a lot of the enemies so that they have like gaps in them or like, uh, like, you, like you can tell it like, when you go up against those plant monsters that like they want you to hit them with like a vertical slice or a horizontal slice or you're fighting one of the regular like moblins and they hold their weapon in a certain direction so you can block yeah. in a certain direction or attack in a certain direction. Um, how have you found all the combat stuff? I know that you're playing with motion control, so we can talk about that too. But um, what do you, what's your general thoughts on the combat?
2: Yeah, I think it's satisfying to me. I think there's enough um, challenges there. I really like the boss fights, the way that they make you use, obviously, the directional inputs of mm. the swings alongside the abilities and alongside the new items that you've got. I think the boss fights are an absolute highlight for me, but just generally combat feels good. Mm. I like doing the fatal blow when you knock someone on the back yes. and you just jump up and you just come down, stab them in the heart. I miss yeah, them
1: in games in general, to be honest. Where, did, where totally. did finishing moves go? Like, I mean, I've been going back know. through Judgment, and you can do a lovely little Like, I'm going to smash this lad through a window or, like, you know, break his back over a pole or something for the big finish. (laughs) Where did they... They've they've just gone? That could be our
2: podcast next week, just where did finishing moves go? (laughs) Where did the fatal blows go? Literally, Um, where did they go? I am um, using motion controls, which might be, you know, just playing this game entirely wrong, perhaps, to a lot of people. Not in windows eyes. That's
1: that's what they want you to do.
2: That's what I mean. You know, I originally started with uh, handheld, which automatically switches it to the... um, controller, you know, the controller based controls, that doesn't mm. make any sense but you know what I mean not motion <laughs> well, control. But you start
1: using the right analog stick to uh, do swipes that's instead it. of moving the old arm. But yeah,
2: That's it, yes but when I um, docked it, it went on the big telly and that's when it just automatically went to motion controls and I was like, oh yeah, mm. I forgot these were even in the game, this is how little <laughs> I kind of like know about this game's reputation so I just stuck with them and now that's my preferred way to play it because I think, you know, it is finicky a little bit and you have to do a lot of recalibrating, especially in flight I think flight is kind of not very great with the motion controls but moment-to-moment combat exploring i think it just adds an extra dimension and i've always been a sucker for motion controls anyway this is gonna maybe break your mind Scott Telford. and i can't even okay. look at you while i say it but <laughs> the first time i played resident evil 7 not 7 resident evil 4 was on the wii with the motion controls like that was see, my first experience i did
1: know this exactly about you it. i it's all right yes. i've already thrown up over this before i can't it can't get to <laughs> again um no i mean i, I mean uh... I don't know. I don't. I don't mind motion control aiming. Like, I'd, I'd never got on board with the absolute lunatics that said that Splatoon Two was better with motion control aiming. Maybe it is, but I couldn't get there. But the aiming in Skyward Sword, I still use the motion aiming for the slingshot and for like looking yeah. around and stuff, using the dowsing thing to um see where you need to go next. Like, I don't. I don't mind motion aiming. It is quite accurate. Um, and I like the idea of it. Like, especially in this case, I still remember when uh, Shigeru Miyamoto showed off um, when he was on stage. That le- have you seen that legendarily, like the E three fail where he tries to show oh. off? Oh. Oh my God, probably not. That was the E3 that largely buried this game in the first place was uh, Miyamoto coming out. And it's a great entrance. He comes out with the sword and the shield. and He's like, hey, the next Zelda. Oh my God, everyone's freaking out. And then he does a gameplay demo and the motion controls do not work at all on a, in a live Ooh. stage environment for a good half hour. It's a it's very brutal. Um, but that thing went down in history. But I like the idea of it, like the whole, you know, left hand is the shield. You as you raise it, you literally raises the shield in real time and you can move the blade around and all that kind of thing. And I love the idea of that. It's just that I don't know. Most of the time with motion controls, I've never had a one to one, 100 percent successful experience. There's always been something that's gone wrong, even in uh, PSVR um, or other VR stuff, like if I need to like lean down or I need to try and react in like a bit faster, it just it doesn't keep up something floats away from where it's supposed to be something just doesn't track and I just end up going like well that wouldn't happen if I was on buttons or on a controller so I just end up going back to it and I just I like like I said I love the idea of it in concept and I think like Skyward Sword makes like some of the most sense for a game like that because you are this really like archetypal warrior with a shield and a sword it's easy to map those things. Um, But yeah, for me, that didn't really work. But you've, you've found like massive success with that stuff.
2: Totally, like it's it's really strange because I've actually had more missed swipes when I was <laughs> using the analog stick than I have really? with the actual motion controls. I found like combat, especially, to be you know ridiculously reliable. Maybe it's because you only have a select amount of you know directions that you can go in. You mm-hmm. can't, you don't have like total free form control over like the sword or anything. You know, because in my head I was down like, left, right.
1: I was like, it's gonna completely mess up whether I want to do a vertical slice or a diagonal slice. I just didn't trust it to get that right. But if is it, if it right. is, then that's cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, like like I say, I've had no problems. I think the only problems that I've encountered is when it comes to whether I'm controlling um, some of the flying items or whether I'm actually in flight myself. Then it can be a bit finicky. Then you're having to always recalibrate. Then I'm kind of like a bit a bit annoyed and a little bit frustrated. Mm. But for the most part, like I, I I I like them anyway. But I do think it adds like an extra extra element of tactility and an extra dimension to the world you know if I'm rolling bombs like bowling balls and I hit (laughs) someone with it like that feels good Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like it takes you know a ridiculous amount of um positioning or skill to pull off it feels more intuitive than I expected it to I expected not to use the motion controls at all to be honest um, and now I find myself, you know, turning them on if they ever automatically turned off. Of course, if I'm playing handheld, though, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna put myself through it if it's handheld. But no, 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 no. I'm gonna
1: be sitting with it with a tablet in front of you, like that that old Switch uh, advert of the guy on the plane with his little tablet yeah. on the fold down seat. because um, are you doing like motion controls, like sat down, like sat down with the motion controls? Are you standing up full? Because I would want to do like full on. Let me stand up. Let me let me pretend I'm Blink. I mean, it's named after <laughs> me anyway, so like I'm gonna be standing up there with the the sword and shield. or Have you found like a happy medium?
2: No, just, just sat down. You know, I feel like sat down does it quite well. I don't feel like I need to stand up. Like, even the shield, I just have to, like, flick my wrist forward and I can uh-huh. knock back you know, lightning or whatever's getting attacked at me. Um uh, so yeah, I've just been sa- I've been sat down, I've been quite comfy. I've been <laughs> playing it for like five hours at a time. Sometimes my eyes hurt, but apart from that, it's been a good it's been a good experience. It's a lovely time patrols. Yeah.
1: I do want to throw in because you mentioned the flight stuff and that was another sort of like major mechanic that we, we haven't really touched on too much, but that whole idea of you can just sort of like hit down on the D pad when you dive off the um the Skyloft place or anywhere when you're in the the flying islands. And then they had this whole like flight mechanic to get you from A to B, which felt like um I know you've not played uh, Wind Waker, but that was the one that was like all set on the sea. It was like clusters of islands yeah. all across this massive ocean, and you had to like sail um, using this dragon boat left um, to different places. Um, and that for me, like that sort of scattered approach, like um, to A Zelda, ultimately did put me off uh, the original Wind Waker because it is this like. It's just such a massive fetch quest towards the end. They trim it down in the HD version, which I'm still crossing fingers is going to come out later this year because it's still Zelda's 35th anniversary. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, what are you doing, Nintendo? Like, with the OLED Switch and just ignoring Zelda, all like, oh, here's Skyward Sword, I guess. Like, where's Wind Waker HD? (laughs) <laughs> but um, that whole idea of taking Wind Waker's sort of ethos approach to level design environments and then going like, what if that was in the sky? And then giving you the bird to fly around on, the, um, the loft wing, um, I, like, I like the idea of like, you, like, you raise up and then if you dive, you can get more um, speed as, as you come out of it. It's kind of like Arkham City style. Um, which I, but I still think Arkham City did it better. I feel like the gliding has more power in like Batman. I feel like I can't think of that many gliding mechanics in games um, that have pulled it off very well. But what's your thoughts on that, that idea being that that's the way that you get around the majority? of places in uh, Skyloft.
2: I dig it. And, you know, like I said, maybe this is also a benefit from not knowing anything else. But for (laughs) me, having that kind of like, you know, connected hub world that kind of like Mm. shoots off into these, you know, beams of light that let you go down to the surface, let you go down to explore Mm. these other worlds. Like for me, that's, I, I thought that was a really neat way to connect everything and you know make it make sense that you're constantly going backwards and forwards from the sky to the surface and i i just couldn't stop thinking that if i had this when i was a kid if i Mm. just wasn't so well first of all if i could afford any kind of (laughs) nintendo uh, system but also if i wasn't so you know weirdly against nintendo and mario and zelda like i was you know Mm. i don't have that phase where it's
1: like oh oh, mario's for kids i mean give me sonic like yeah i'm totally Honestly, Ooh, for,
2: for me, I was even more obnoxious, Scott. I was like, <laughs> I don't want Mario, I don't want Zelda. Give me Solid Snake, give me um, Call Duty, all that stuff. Oh, um, yeah, like I was just thinking, like this is such a cool way, such a you know creative way to connect everything. And while the flying itself isn't the most fun thing to do and it is Mm. a little bit slow i like that you have these other islands kind of like dotted around in the sky and the fact that everything kind of like is connected and you're uncovering places by shooting light into them and then you're literally diving from the sky Mm. it it like down into them i just thought that was quite cool and doesn't really i don't know i prefer that rather than segmented levels even though the levels obviously are still segmented in a way Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a bit Mario Galaxy style of just sort of like, oh let's like we can we can actually do more like biome variation because we can split all this stuff apart. And um, it's interesting as well because obviously Breath of the Wild 2 is going back to that, is going back to the idea of like, oh now the kingdom is in the sky again. Um, which, like, law-wise, I never knew the explanation from Skyward that it was just to get away from this ancient evil that like dwells on the surface. So just, just lift the kingdom into the sky. It's just fine. Just sort of <laughs> comstock it, and uh, and we're all just fine up there. But um, I like that it's sort of it's it's a nice like thematic bridge, I guess. And like some of the um that the first time you dive off the loft wing and just fall through the clouds, like the camera goes behind you and it is still in game. And I was like, oh, this is like a little taste of what it's gonna be like in Breath of the Wild too, because they've already they've had that screenshot out of Link like free falling through the clouds. And I was like, oh, I'm like looking forward to this stuff. So. I like that they've like I guess picked Skyward Sword like to be the one that they bring back out it's obviously 10 years since it came out and stuff but it kind of works as like a bridge to like Breath of the Wild too. anyway um do you have any other um final thoughts or other sort of general thoughts you've got on Skyward Sword because you're like I said you're way further than me in it I know obviously you're going to finish it and stuff but what's your like I guess general mentality thoughts on where you're at right now
2: yeah I mean I, I was loving it for like the first 10- to 12 hours or so and then Hmm. i hit um, i must admit i hit a little bit of a lull when um you know i kind of did the big kind of like three biomes and then Hmm. you're forced to kind of like go back to them and look for uh, three other things like around there you know Hmm. using your powers to explore new areas and there was a little bit of stop and start in the pacing there that i didn't love but i'm over that hump now and i'm into like the end late game dungeons and those are really good. Those are really creative. You know, mm-hmm. I did one last night that took my breath away a little bit, but I just kind of, <laughs> I guess as an, as an ending thing, I kind of want to explore a little bit very quickly about what mm-hmm. you said there about like this kind of like being a bridge to Breath of the Wild, because when this was announced, when the remaster was announced and Nintendo were very much kind of like, you know, relying on the fact that, you know, people who like Breath of the Wild might like this. They were drawing comparisons mm-hmm. with them. They were like, look, if you enjoyed what you picked up in 2017, you're going to enjoy this one because it shares a lot of elements. And while I, I think that's a little bit egregious. I don't know if I ways, that,
1: to be honest. But yeah. I
2: know. I, I don't know if I really <clears throat> agree. I can see the connection in places. I can see where if you enjoyed certain things in Breath of the Wild that I did, you can come here and kind of like not see where those systems started, but see how they were evolved, see how the world was evolved, see how Mm -hmm. the gameplay was evolved. Because in a lot of ways, I do think the approach to some of the puzzles, to the the world, to what you can do very much leads into breath of the wild just that you know the control you have over the character is more limited like you you don't have the same free form agency over mm. obviously where you can climb where you can jump even you know all that stuff it comes into breath of the wild but the other stuff i i do appreciate the connective tissue that is there i don't think it's the exact kind of spiritual successor that nintendo were billing it as but it is it is interesting that breath of the wild was like my first big Zelda mm. and going into this one if it does feel like a natural segue it doesn't feel anywhere near as jarring as I was expecting from people who have told me like oh Breath of the Wild so different from the traditional Zeldas because looking at these two at least uh-huh. like obviously I, I, I can see where they are markedly different but I can also see where they're very very similar You know? yeah
1: yeah they, they still share like I mean it's, yeah it's still Zelda it's still, I mean the, like the audio footprint of a Zelda is still quite identifiable like the I mean I love the music in Skyward Sword like even the, yeah. that, that stupid bullies like the bully theme that comes in when that, that guy's like bullying you at the beginning he's got this like slow trumpet waddle it's just so great um but yeah i think that yeah the actual like dna of the of the series like comes through i don't know if i would side with those people that like yeah do because uh, people who, who don't like breath of the wild really don't like breath of the wild because it is so different to the old school stuff um and i was like so ready to break free of that stuff because it's all if you go back and play ocarina of time it's not that much different from skyward sword like they're not like the like the series has traveled a lot but like the actual call like, i'm gonna lock on i'm gonna rotate around this guy Backward jump, forward jump, like obviously they added the combat model in Skyward, but the majority of 3D Zeldas play the same and it was like I was waiting for and the the structure of them is the same like here's the safe area and at the very beginning and you need to protect these people and get these items and then go to these dungeons and this stuff will open up and it's they did that for like you know 20 odd years and I was just like okay or, like, oh, I guess 15 years, and I was, like, I'm ready for something else. So I was someone who was, like, loving Breath of the Wild because it felt like a breath of fresh air to that franchise, but I get why people were so, like, they just want more of that, like, traditional-style stuff. One other thing I was going to ask you, though, is um, because we, like, are in the year, the 35th anniversary year of Zelda, do you think if they then said, because you're, like, new to the the old-school stuff, if they made more re-releases, like, for more people like you, do you were you up for, like, okay, right, let's do, like, two three four more 3d zeldas or do you think like they should actually scatter them out like they've done with this and tie them into like 10th 20th year anniversaries going forward
2: oh dude like being incredibly selfish perhaps i want them all right now (laughs) if they were all available right now not even like full-on remasters if i could just play the old ones on the switch like you know like parts of them i would play them all back to back like you know i i I enjoy going through franchises anyway and i've wanted to do zelda for the longest time i was disappointed Mm -hmm. that you know, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, etc., weren't available on the Switch like I thought they were going to be when I bought the Switch. They I were still just, can't you know, believe that, yeah. On the on the Wii U instead, and on the Wii and stuff. Um, so I've I've been waiting for these games to be able to play them in a in a cheaper, more accessible way for like the longest time. So yeah, for me, if they were to release more by the end of this year, mm. I'd play them immediately. I'd play them back to back. I'd live on Zelda. I'd watch the old animated series or whatever it was to Sega <laughs> CD thing. <laughs> Um, and I just
1: live in that world for a bit because I want I and the, uh, the old Philips CDI, so you could see that the worst animation in human history. That's it, yeah. Um, it's uh, it'd be a hell of- I think Twilight Princess's intro would make you run for the hills because it's the it's the stuff. From the beginning of this, but without the law payoff, it's just sort of like, right. it, oh, it takes forever to get going. But, um, but yeah, not to worry. Anyway, we we'll, we might check back in on Skyward Sword depending on um well, well there's nothing else to play, so we'll just see what <laughs> happens and uh, how we feel this uh this time next week. But for now, this has been whatever this has been. I've been Scott Taylorford, joined by Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott. Always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. We'll catch you all next week. Bye bye.
2: Bye bye. Make sure you eat your kick hats properly. That's the last thing I. have And to by say.
1: that I mean split them for the love of God.